so guys, what happens when Andrew Clavin speaks at a podcast of a bunch of reformed teenagers? I don't know what. Uh, he gets roasted. Nice. <laughs> Who is Andrew Clavin and why was he roasted? <laughs> we'll find out on this episode of The Christian Artist. briefly before going on another hiatus and we'll talk about that Um, but we're here with the christian artist and i'm pretty excited because um we're finally back together hanging out having fun recording those out of the podcast what this is the christian artist yeah honoring christ your creativity my name is connor (sighs) my name is My name is Carly. Shows you how long it's been since we've done the yeah. episode of the podcast because I definitely just forgot that that was a thing that we did. I literally did. I just forgot it. Uh, but it's okay. We're here. Uh, we're making it. And we're going to talk today. We're not going to really, you know, uh, we didn't all prepare a topic to talk about you know, with deep theological uh, notes and all this stuff. But rather, Carly just did that. She kind of was just out of place, but that's just kind of what she did. And so we, I mean, we haven't had a chance to to catch up and, and talk to Carly about her trip anyway. And so we figured this would be the perfect opportunity to just chat and hang out and hear about Carly's trip. And then maybe we'll learn some things along the way. I, I but first of all, if you're wondering where I am, I actually got a job as a Bible teacher no, in Arizona no, with Apologia no, Church and abortion now. <laughs> mostly with them Connor, the if you did <laughs> and, and i didn't get so to i'm actually with. wow i actually just finished teaching a hermeneutics class yeah. um for apologia church just no, talking don't. about how that relates to the no, end abortion now movement Stop uh, there's a whiteboard <laughs> wow, I was, i'm actually pretty impressed <laughs> that you got that far into it Ugh. yeah that was that was a pretty complex lie mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're here and uh i mean yeah this is episode 139 and carly you went on a trip would you like to tell us about that trip yeah um yeah so uh new st andrews college the college that i want to go to um they put on a conference every summer for christian high school students um they they've called it a worldview conference before um but basically it's you know, you go to Idaho, Moscow, which is where the college is. And, um, and it's this five day long camp that, um, where they bring in a bunch of speakers and have them talk about, um, you know, how, how do we as teenagers right now need to be engaging the culture as Christians? How do we, um, you know, a lot of the topics were, how do we use art to do this? How do we, um, there was one guy speaking about law. How do we like pay attention to what's happening in the legal system and stuff like that. And so um, you get to do a a lot of really fun things, Mm -hmm. team games and stuff like that. So it's, it's very much a Christian teen camp, but it's still like um, there's a lot of good, rich theological stuff that I got to hear about, which was awesome. Did you say teen games or team games? Team games. games. (laughs) I guess either way, it would be true. I was the orange team, and we ended nice. up winning. So, oh that was yeah, cool. and I we won by were... thirteen points. Which nice, was so surprising. And it was all because of Carly Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so modest. 
we all know that you're a ridiculously I mean you're more okay, you're more athletic than Connor and I. Let's be real about that. Let's be real about that. Cool, cool, yeah. So maybe you guys should ask me questions yeah, about yeah. things because I have a lot of stuff like written down just as like a summary right. of everything that happened, but I don't know where to start. So. Well, yeah. so like, did you make friends? Um. Oh yeah, that's a really cool thing. Um, because pretty much everyone there was reformed. Uh, I don't think I've ever been around that many reformed teenagers all at once. First of all, uh, yeah, which was amazing, and um, second of all basically now i'm friends with two of doug wilson's grandchildren so what? <laughs> and wow carl's cool. you're moving up in the world so hero in the sea second connection you're gonna you're gonna leave us behind <laughs> once we were the famous ones and now carly will be the famous one man i wish i was an apology at church right now <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool yeah and my roommates were super epic mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just our whole team Orange team. Epic. Orange team represent. Oorah, <laughs> oorah. <laughs> Is everybody wearing an orange shirt? Is that yeah. the shirt that you? That's the shirt that you yeah. have. They, oh, they uh, give us shirts for the week. Oh, well. it's the only you shirt the you same get. Same shirt the whole week. Um, no, they give you four different shirts. Uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> no, you're forced to wear <laughs> one shirt all week. That would be horrible it would be for horrible. everyone. <laughs> be a lot of smelly teenagers at yeah. the end of the week. Well, okay, so who was your favorite teacher then, your speaker? Oh, um, I loved hearing Andy Wilson talk. Yeah. That yeah, was super cool. epic because he's just, he's super engaging to listen to, like, whenever he talks. Um, he talked on um, film and writing, I believe, and mm-hmm. mostly the consumption of film and writing for Christians and what we should be paying attention to. So he touched on things like Game of Thrones and, like, why that's a horrible thing for Christians to be indulging in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Especially for teenagers, that's good for them to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, and then he talked a little bit about the creation of it, but mainly consumption of stuff like that. And there were, there, that was a, a very consistent theme of a lot of the speakers was entertainment standards. And yeah. um, as far as like, as especially as Christian teenagers, how do we, um, discern what's good or bad before we watch it and how do we um how do we take that into when we start creating art and so i was it was really cool to hear about because that's a lot of what we've talked about on the podcast and i just kept hearing it over and over again and i was like yes yes people understand (laughs) that's really cool yeah so so does your mom just like drop you off there or did she did she stay yeah, area? my parents. My parents drove me up. It's about a six-hour okay, drive from Washington okay. to Moscow. So I, I saw uh, Kathy's picture of uh, her mm-hmm. selfie of you two in the car. So I was just yeah. curious. <laughs> cool, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That's another question that I can ask. Da 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 da. Well, I mean, what was what was the most like interesting thing that you learned um um i learned a lot about so steve jeffrey was the main speaker um 
and he's British, so he has a super cool accent. But um, yes. he he talked on um, Nehemiah and throughout the week went through different chapters and kind of used it as an example of um, how and when to engage with the culture and how to um, properly like respond to people when they're mocking you and stuff. And um, and it was really good. Uh, and I learned a lot about like, wow, like like Nehemiah, he went to King Artaxerxes, I think it was. And even though um, that same king had told Ezra, like, no, we're never going to let you rebuild Jerusalem. Nehemiah prayed for four months and then he went to him and the king said, sure. <laughs> and so it was like things like that that were like, it made me look at um, this book a lot differently. And it was like, wow, I didn't realize, like, because I didn't have the knowledge of these different months, um, like how much time that was, like, I didn't have the knowledge of like, oh, he literally prayed for four months before he did this thing. And then it took less than four months to rebuild the wall. <laughs> so um, it was really cool to hear about that. Cool, cool. We covered most of like the favorite questions. <laughs> what was your least favorite part? Yeah. Ooh, okay. So this part was still fun, but it was slightly frustrating. Not on NSA's part. Mm -hmm. I was very proud of them with this, but um, so tying in with the cold opening. Um, <laughs> so Andrew Claven was one of the speakers, and he um, he's a host of the Andrew Claven show on the Daily Wire, which is widely known for the Ben Shapiro show and a bunch of other sure, people like sure. Matt Walsh and everything. And so um, they brought him to the conference to speak because um, he had written a book about his conversion, which um, had received a lot of praise. And he also was the writer of the Gosnell movie about mm. um, oh, Gosnell, okay, sure. the abortion okay, doctor. Yeah. And so they mainly brought him in for those reasons. And a couple of weeks before the conference, um, it kind of came out that he was in support of gay marriage and he wasn't against it as a Christian. Mm. And mm. so they sent out an email to parents, which my mom was like, oh my gosh, I love them so much more now that they sent out this email. Um, they sent out the email that basically said, we were just, we were just made aware of this and, um, we're going to talk to him about it at the conference. And we're going to have a panel where Doug Wilson is going to talk to him about this. Um, and I was super excited wow. for that. The one thing is though, we didn't actually get to that because in his talks, he brought up a lot of other questions about his views on how Christians should be creating art. And so we ended up just talking about that because it was like on everyone's mind and everyone wanted to ask him more questions about it. Um, and so it was really interesting because his his talk came right after Andy Wilson's and they basically they reached a consensus on like, yes, Christian art right now pretty much sucks and we need to be making better art, which everyone agreed on. But they disagreed on the application of that and how Christians should be creating art. And so where Andy Wilson would say we need to be using all of these artistic tools that God has given us to be like diligently creating amazing art. Um, and engaging the culture with that, um, Andrew Claven kind of, his position was basically that even if you use, um, 
or no, sorry. His position was that um, Christians are free to use like profanity and um, like, I don't know if he would specifically defend Christian using nudity in like film and stuff, but it was very, it was very much that Christians should be creating art that is realistic in a sense. And that the only way to create realistic art is to portray the very darkest of everything. Um, so it was really like, it was weird because it was almost like he was denying that there was an in-between between the Christian art that sucks and is just fluffy and all like um, happy stuff. And it's not really realistic to the Christian life at all. And the super gritty explicit stuff that, I mean, indulges in sin and makes the viewer indulge in sin. And like he was denying there was any in between. Um, and then the panel that we ended up having with him was kind of on that. And um, I think Toby Sumter was on that panel with them. Um, and Doug Wilson was there too. And so they were talking about, you know, why do you think there's no in between here? Um, it was funny though, because they ended up agreeing on more things than they disagreed on. Um, and Andrew Clavin later, um, in a recent episode of his podcast at the end of it, he made comments about his trip to NSA and basically was like, yeah, they were super open-minded people and were like very welcoming to debate and everything. So I was like, oh, cool. He wasn't actually as peeved as he seemed he was, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But it was very interesting and it was really, really cool. This is like my favorite part about the whole thing was yeah. that um, when after his talk on that, there were so many students standing up and asking him questions about his position. Like, why do you believe that? Like, that's not mm -hmm. biblical. And, <laughs> and it was so cool to see that because I knew that if I went to just a generic Christian conference or a Christian summer camp, people wouldn't be asking those questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it was really hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. they were critical thinkers yeah very much so cool. which most of them most of them do um a private classical christian school or they're homeschooled and mm -hmm. so that that speaks volumes i did not meet another home or another public schooler there so i could have been the only public schooler at the entire camp <laughs> wow god bless <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yep cool cool yeah, so like I'm curious as to so so what did it do to kind of set your expectations for cuz I know you went and visited like classes and stuff. What did it do? Like mm -hmm. tell tell us about what your thoughts were like you got to see a bit more of like how the classes work and stuff like that as you're thinking of going there for college. Yeah. Um so um every morning we would go to CJ's, which is a building that um, NSA bought that used to be a really sketchy like dance club. Um, but they bought it <laughs> that, and they're renovating it. That is it. so like them to do that though. Like, <laughs> it is, yeah. Buy this CD um, dance club and then make it into... Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But we'd go there for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd walk from there um, because almost everything is downtown. So we stayed in the U of I dorms, which is about a 25-minute walk away from downtown. Every morning we'd walk um downtown go to breakfast and then we'd go down to nsa and do devotions with various um pastors in the area or teachers at nsa 
And so we got to do devotions with um, Gordon Wilson, which was really cool. Um, I got to hold one of his snakes. Um, <laughs> and Nice. Uh, his name was Bart, and I love that name for a snake so much. <laughs> My um, our grandpa's and name had... is Bart. Nice. Um, <laughs> so Gordon Wilson, uh, Ben Merkel, who's the president of NSA, um, uh, Toby Sumter, which he doesn't teach at NSA, but I believe he, he might be on staff and he's a pastor of a local church there. Um, and, uh, Mr. Griffith who teaches Latin, we got to do some one with him. Um, and it was, it was like, it was really cool to be able to sit down with the teachers and have kind of like discussions over mm -hmm. like biblical topics and um, just, just getting to talk to students that were helping and were being like team leaders during the week was really cool because like you could tell that they loved going to NSA so much because it was so Christ-centered and because like the teachers cared about all of this stuff and it made them care about all this stuff. So I met, I met a lot of people that, um, uh, like my team leader, um, she was like, oh yeah, um, you know, Dr. Wilson is my, uh, biology teacher and everything. And it's so great. And I'm like, oh, I want, I want that. So yeah, I, I just got more excited about hopefully going there. So awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping awesome. that you, you get to do that. That would be super it's awesome. Six hours away from home is not bad. You know no, I mean? it's not. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. And the drive is really pretty. So. <laughs> and technically, I think it's closer to us. Not yeah, by it, much, is. But it is. Not by much, but <laughs> it is. It's a little closer. Drive, but... It's 24 hours instead of 30. Yep. <laughs> well, and now I'm actually curious. How long does it take to... Uh, I mean, a lot of the drive is us going up because right. it's northern uh, Idaho. But... So it could be 32 hours. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be more because Idaho is the side of So you're still going east? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. it's like northeast. So probably like 26. 26 hours. It's pretty close. Still <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> but yeah. Any other part of that that in your summary or your uh, your notes that you... Are you going to continue the question? Uh, no, that was it. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that sentence. Well, is there any part that you still like wanted to talk about that we hadn't asked a question of yet? Because I can't. Um, well, I touched on CJ's a bit, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because, um, like Caleb said, that's a very NSA thing for them to do. To you know, they they bought this building, which is a big building, um, with no debt. And then they're renovating each floor at a time in order to use it for um, classrooms for their conservatory of music and for like a dining hall and stuff. And that's where we had our, our ball at the end of the week, which I guess I haven't mentioned until now. But um, but it like CJ's is such an example of everything that they're doing. Like they're um, another thing that happened during the week. Um, as we were coming out of CJ's one night after dinner, um, after the panel that we had done with uh, Rachel Jankovic, um, 
she does the whole uh, hashtag Department of Hell No thing where, you know, you see, yeah, yeah. You see stuff online that's like so self-centered and so like it's just flat out lies to women about like you should care about yourself first and everyone else second and stuff like that. Um, she has these stickers now that are um, the pants emoji with two like little fire emojis. And so um, she had some stickers on her and we walked out of the, the building and we see um, apparently these were all over town. I only saw this one, but someone had made a sticker that had the NSA logo in the middle and said, get out on it. Um, and Rachel Jankovic was like, here, take a sticker, put it on there. <laughs> um, and it was great. Um, but it, okay, I'm it, confused. Um, so she, she puts the stickers on stuff that's like lies, like lies uh, to, uh, so it's like, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and it, it says a lot about, um, a lot about Christians that they're doing so much in their culture that people want them out yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah. they're being outspoken enough. They're doing so much yeah. in the community that yeah, from people see mm-hmm. and people don't want them there <laughs> because it's a very mm-hmm. liberal town. And um, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it's so cool. Yeah. I remember um, hearing Doug Wilson on his podcast at some point. I don't remember when I listened to this. Um, but he was talking about, um, like viewing, uh, evangelism and whatnot as like a war strategy. And so like mm-hmm. you choose a, a point of attack that's not like overwhelmingly difficult, but also yeah. significant enough that like it, it means something when you conquer it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why they picked Moscow to like set up base. Yeah. Cause it's like, there's, this is a really liberal place, <laughs> but it's not yeah. like unbelievably difficult to like permeate mm-hmm. it sort of thing and so we're gonna start yeah. here and try to like change them change yeah the i mean so. just like they have nsa um which is one building on the corner of a block and they have um they use the newark theater um which is like a block down from the school they use it for um christ church downtown and they use it for nsa classes we used it for the conference whenever we had a speaker we'd go and sit in the theater and listen um and they have CJ's and there's a coffee shop uh, downtown called Bootsers, which is named after the uh, reformer. Um, <laughs> and and you would know about the coffee shop. Yeah. Um, and first thing Carly did when she got there, <laughs> look up the coffee yeah. shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got we got some Bootsers in April and I was like, yeah, I want to go back. Um, plus that was one of the places that we went for lunch throughout the week. So right, I was sure. like, yes, Bootsers. Um, but a bunch of NSA students work there and just a bunch of Christian, like teenagers in the town work there as baristas. And mm. one of the girls on my team was working there during the week, taking orders and stuff. And so it's like, they've really started to like take over the, the culture right. of Moscow and be like, um, no, Christ owns this town. Sorry. <laughs> um, which is like really encouraging because I have not seen anything like that anywhere else. Yeah. Hmm. How big was the conference? Like how, how many, how many kids were there? Um, I believe it was somewhere around 130. So... I say kids like you're not like three years younger. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I call people who are older than me kids sometimes. I'm not sure if that's disrespectful or not. I think it depends on the person. Um, yeah, there are about about 130, I think. There were six teams, and I know my team was about 30 people. So Okay. Yeah. There were quite quite a bit. 180. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we yesterday for youth group, dad was just talking a lot about post-millennialism and because we're going through end times and stuff now, um, in, in youth group. And so yeah. basically this, the, this is like the second to last, like, um, sermon that he is going to do. He's and he basically, so he was going through like preterism basically. Yeah. yeah. And so he's just kind of, he, he was talking about a lot of Bible prophecy and, and like how it was already fulfilled basically was the whole topic of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got to a point where he was like, okay, well, why does this matter? Like, what's the importance of Bible prophecy? And why is it important that all this has already been fulfilled? And he is like, okay, if, if preterism is not true, then we see everything's just going to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But if preser- preterism is true and these Bible prophecies have already been fulfilled, then the only thing that has to come yet is the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So things are just going to get better and better. And um, we just talked a lot about after, afterwards, we just talked a lot about like, okay, the great commission, like why would Jesus ever give us the great commission if he didn't intend to accomplish it Yeah, and stuff like that. Um, and it really doesn't sound like Jesus to give us a job that we're going to fail at. Yeah. Except for, you know, be good, perfect as your heavenly father oh, is perfect. right but like even that he's going to <laughs> eventually make eventually, us perfect through yeah. like, like that's yeah. And, yeah. and even and obviously the great commission is something that jesus is doing and not us ultimately so right. yeah it's all it all yeah. comes back to you you can't do this but don't worry i'll do it for you right yeah. like through you <laughs> one of my favorite shylin lines is um acts is not the acts of the apostles but the acts of the holy spirit as as they were preaching um the gospel or something like that um so it, rather than it acts being about the disciples, acts is about the Holy Spirit and what he did through the apostles mm-hmm. and disciples. So I was like, mm, that's good. No, but irrelevant. Um, so, so you just talking about people who came to a city and said, Christ owns this place. Like, like that's, that's good. That's what we want to be, you know? Yeah. That's, that's there's, what, that's what we want to be. Yeah. There's just like, I mean, the, the main churches in that town are, Christ Church and um, I believe uh, Trinity is another church in the town. Um, but Doug Wilson is one of the pa- today. what? It's Trinity's birthday today. Sorry, random shout out <laughs> to her. <friend. laughs> um, but uh, Doug Wilson is one of the pastors of Christ Church, and right. he's post millennial, and so right. you know teaches post millennialism through right. um, sermons and stuff, and so like the the majority of the like the majority of the christians in the town are post-millennial and so it greatly affects um like just looking at eschatology eschatology greatly affects the way that we take dominion over Mm -hmm. things that god has given us like or not take dominion yeah Yeah, that's that's what we were talking about (laughs) all the time last night with the kids Mm -hmm. is we have entire like churches and, and people who Instead of being like, let's do things for God, they're saying, no, the more things we do for God, the longer it'll take for Jesus to come back. So let's just not. <laughs> and it's like, yep. it, rather than be salt and light, let's just, I mean, what's the point of doing things? Let's be salty and lit. Disciples, we should just preach the gospel and make Christians. 
And so there's there's no point in in okay, I think I missed something. Uh, Caleb said instead of being salt and light, let's be salty and lit. Oof. <laughs> instead of instead of uh they're gonna burn out. Oh boy. No, but uh, that's literally that was some of the things that you know we're talking about is like rest. You know, you don't rest as a Christian if you're a uh dispensationalist because things are just going to get worse and worse. Don't, don't rest. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do whatever. And you know, you can't, you know, whatever it's, it's not, you're not thinking ahead. You're not, you're not planning out things. You're not, it, it, basically it's desperate times calls for desperate measures. <laughs> and it's like, so we're, we're all fumbling over ourselves and making mistakes because rather than trust God's promises of post-millennialism, we're, thinking that this, this is desperate times to call for desperate measures. Let's not have children. Let's not get married. Let's not whatever. Let's not seek to raise up godly children. Let's not anything. Let's just, you know, live this life and, and just look forward to Jesus Christ. And yeah, it's what Kenneth Gentry calls the three different views of uh, how you engage with culture as a Christian. Um, yeah. And only one of them is correct. We have the, <laughs> Uh, identificationist view which is what liberals do it's just like let's just take all the stuff that we like from the world and then just kind of like assimilate it into into us um and then you have the isolationist view which is what most conservative christians do and they're just like we have to separate ourselves from the world because we can't be tainted by it and there's the transformationist view which is you know the correct one where it's like we go out and we specifically change the culture through the gospel and don't fear it because we're jesus is better than it so yeah. And there's, there's a balance there, especially when we're talking about, especially because I just had a, a post on Facebook about homeschool slash public school. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It got extremely hostile. Yeah. Uh, what I want to, what I want to point out is we're talking about um, being, being the difference between isolationist and transformationalist for our children. We don't isolate them in the sense that we keep them away from the world. We inform them about the world and we show them the world and we train them about the things of the world, but we do it all from a biblical perspective and we're the ones in charge of how they learn things. And we guide them through these situations um, so that they can go out and transform the nation, but they don't do it yet because they're kids mm -hmm. and they can, they can do lots of things. Children can do lots of things and they should, and they should, especially when the parents don't step up and do it. But the parents are the ones that the children need to be following the example of and they need to learn how to do things first. They need to prepare for ministry first because that's how Jesus did it. Is he prepared for ministry? He prepared for ministry for 30 years. That is years. such a good point, yeah. Connor. Wow. I never thought about that. That Jesus literally was just a car, like a schoolboy and then a carpenter mm -hmm. for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that either. Thing. Yeah. I mean, he did, Honestly, he did discuss, yeah, he yes, did yeah. when he was a child. He yeah. discussed matters of theology. Oh, with yeah, he obviously had a temple. He obviously had an education he, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But he didn't, like, he didn't really go out and start putting his, that into practice. His parents didn't yeet him to Samaria <laughs> and say, all right, time to, time to preach <laughs> oh over here, gosh. little Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Okay. Think about that. Okay. Your, your kid. Let's say, let's say your kid, you think your, your kid is the best kid around and you're like, I'm going to send them to public school so that they can be a light to the world and transform it so that they're going to do the job that I should be doing as a adult Christian. And then what happens is 
they they put so much weight on their child to be a light in the world. Not only are they not being the example, but they're not preparing their kid or training their kid in righteousness. They're just throwing them at the world because, well, they have the Holy Spirit, so they'll figure it out. You know, first of all, your kid is your main evangelism um, goal at that point in time. So you don't want to throw them at the world, um, even when they are a teenager. But secondly, you're, you're telling them to do something that Jesus didn't do or that Mary and Joseph didn't do when they were like, yeah. we literally have God as a kid. <laughs> yeah. They didn't send him out to go preach the gospel or to be a light to the world. They knew that he needed to prepare because that was Jesus' goal mm-hmm. is to prepare for 30 years, 30 years before he went out and started doing his ministry. So we don't put that kind of pressure on children. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly how we got here, but, but oh, <laughs> isolation and transformation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about post-millennialism. <laughs> yeah. So, so when we're talking about those types of things. We don't isolate ourselves from the culture in the world. We keep ourselves pure from the culture in the world by not sending our children into the muck to learn from it. We yeah. teach them how to transform the world and the culture by training them in righteousness. We don't hide them from the world, but we also don't send them into the world to transform it before they know how to. There's, there's a process there and um, bad company corrupts good morals. Even, even in this, this city that they're trying to transform, they have churches they have their communities. They take time to rest. They take time to recharge. They don't think that they're somehow invincible or that they're the, or that any one person is the answer to the problem. They understand that God and salvation through Jesus Christ is the answer to the problem and that they need to rely on the Holy Spirit to help them, not only to transform them, but to help them transform the culture around them. They're not trying to accomplish everything on their own power. And that's, that's the difference between those two things. Those are the extremes that we need to avoid. There should be a amount of quote unquote isolation as Christians, but there also should be limits to the transformation that we think we can accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the speakers, uh, pastor Josh Bice, um, that guy. Yes. He is so good. (laughs) Um, I didn't, I didn't realize who he was until he was sitting in the front row about to go up and speak. And then I was like, Oh, I know who that you are. guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's so but, good. Um, yeah. He, he was epic. Um, he, he talked on using our minds to glorify God. So we talked yeah. about, um, I, I guess I could find it in my notes, the actual passage. Um, Luke ten twenty seven. I don't think so. Romans 12, 2? Yes, Romans 12, oh. 2. Um, <laughs> yeah. why we have <laughs> um, Yeah, he talked on, you know, not being um, overwhelmed by the culture in the sense that we're, we become like it. Um, but um, one, one of the things he said was the church should be in Rome, but Rome shouldn't be in the church. Hmm. Um, which was like, yeah. Like Ooh, okay. I'm the gonna, culture I'm should not the culture or the church should be within the culture and should be affecting it. But the culture should not be in the church and affecting the church culture. 
So um, that was that was something that really stood out to me, and I was like, oh, that's that's good. Um, I wrote down so many good quotes in my notebook over like all the speakers. Um, and with that, he talked about like sanctification and, um, you know, how God transforms us. And so, um, we need to be transforming the culture with, um, the Bible and the gospel. Um, and another thing I think Connor, you briefly touched on it was, um, was, you know, the role of women as mothers and, um, that's that's another thing that throughout the week was something that really stood out as like mm-hmm. wow these people care about the institution of the family mm-hmm. and of gender roles and how to biblically portray them and defend them and there was one um Jason Elmore he gave a talk on um i mean it was on like business and like working but he talked so much on um just every area of life that it was like, um, he was basically like, look, I'm married and I have, I think he has uh, like nine kids or something. He Who has does? a lot of kids. Josh um, Weiss? No, Jason Elmore. Oh. Um, and, and, and so he talked a lot on, um, on the role of women as mothers and how, that is so important to like just everything. Um, Mm. I think it was, uh, yeah, he said mothers are our first instructors in sacrifice was one of the things he said. Um, and he touched on Proverbs 31 woman and, um, and, and that was just like, by the end of that message, he was saying so many things that I was, I was like, so, so encouraged by that I was literally almost crying and I was like oh this is so good (laughs) um because I had never heard someone defend the role of women in in that like fervent of a way and I was like oh my gosh like oh it was so good what was this guy's name that was one thing that um Jason Elmore Jason Elmore he he wrote a book called I don't remember I think it's called elite economics the thing that just came out for me was a, was a metal guitarist named jason elmore yeah it's not him <laughs> i figured it was not i wish it was him uh, that would be really cool <laughs> i wish he did um cool. but yeah he does he does like um business stuff he he does he wrote a book on like how to be a good businessman i think or something similar to that but um uh but yeah i I had never heard yes that's what it was um i i had never heard so many people because it was a theme over most of the speakers i never heard so many people defend the the role of women as mothers Mm -hmm. so much and you know in a post-millennial but it was um, a woman christian culture it makes sense nope They were all guys. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, I, I I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, and another thing, um, we had um, at the end of each night we had small groups with the um, with the 
members of our gender from our team. So I had small group with the girls from the orange team. Um, and so everyone else had different groups, but, um, one night we did all of the girls together and all of the guys together. And so we started having this discussion about, um, about the roles of women and women having authority over men. And literally I got so encouraged because one of these girls stood up and was like, yeah, the Bible actually says that uh, women in authority over men is a sign of judgment on a nation. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it's like these teenagers understand these things. These That's teenage cool. females yeah. understand and support these things. Yeah. Like how many of them were the age uh, of 20 <laughs> and live near Wisconsin? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Connor. I'm kidding. Those were teenagers, it's Connor. It's been on my mind today. Okay. Not teenagers. No. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Oh boy. Well, that, that <laughs> that's a dumpster fire right away. Okay. Yeah. Um there was something I was going to say. I don't remember what it was though. I don't know. I think you've said it. It was enough. a lot better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we got to watch the riot and the dance in the Yeah. Movie Have you watched yeah. that before? Amazing. No, wasn't it so good? Oh. And it was super cool too. After getting to like um, sit under the teaching of Gordon Wilson and hold his snake and stuff, and then watching a documentary where he's holding all of these animals, and it was so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What was I going to say though? I don't know. Oh yeah, I was gonna I was gonna give a shout out to Vody Bakum. I don't know if you got to this part yet, Carly, in the marriage sermon series. Have you listened to the whole thing yet? I finished it today. Yeah. Did oh awesome. Yeah. Okay, so when you're talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, I just mm-hmm. Vody Bakum's thing on the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. He's like He's like, it's okay, great. let me show you. Let me show you a godly woman right here. It's a Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> this girl is bad, and I don't mean bad. Like I mean like <laughs> bad. And and he yeah. goes to it, and he's like reading these passages. And he's like, this girl is, this girl is in, uh, in, in real estate. They're all this yeah. girl is in real estate. And, she's and, investing. Yeah, she's investing. It's like, she's working out. And like, uh, she's just like, this, this girl is bad. Let me tell you. And I was just like, yes, this is so good. So I just wanted to, I was going to give a shout out to Bodie Bauckham and, and yeah. her sermon series. So great. So yeah. Yeah. And also since we're on the topic of, of, uh, well, we kind of aren't anymore, but that's you. We're on the topic of, you know, Rome shouldn't be in the church, but the church should be in Rome. Um, he also has a a like series on uh, like children, how to parent children, and mm. like the whole public school education slash homeschool education type of thing. And uh, I think it's called Caesar something. Let me let me double check real quick. Something in Caesar. Um, but I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Um, but Angel was the one that that sent me it. It's it's pretty uh, pretty awesome so far. Oh, Children of Caesar, that's what it's called. Hmm. So a couple shout outs to those two things. <laughs> Our listeners wanted to check that mm-hmm, stuff out. Mm-hmm. Our many thousands of listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. did, did cool. you have any lost thoughts on your? Yeah, any other notes you haven't gone through? Um, so, yeah, so at the end of the week, we had a ball, and 
like a, I, like a like a dance like like a yeah. legit ball yeah nice. um, and you met the love of your life no <laughs> <laughs> you didn't meet I mean, he wasn't knows, reading a book but... in the corner and you like oh my gosh no come on, that would have been, that would have been perfect <laughs> the thing is caleb most of the people there are presbyterian so um, yeah you're right never um, mind <laughs> you i'm proud of you yeah. i'm proud of you <laughs> <laughs> um so i would like i wasn't sure what to expect because most of these people have been to like dances like this in their lifetime because they're homeschooled or they go to logos school and they you know they have formal things like this and so i had no idea what to expect i've never been to a ball schooler in the whole place oh carly (laughs) that makes me laugh so hard It's amazing (laughs) because I like I I totally get that because that's what we did as homeschoolers too. Like, and it oh, I took a ballroom dance class at a homeschool co op. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, so I um, it was it was kind of nice because the shoes that I had didn't uh, were actually too big for me, so I couldn't wear them. But I didn't end up wearing them because we were doing folk dancing, so none of the girls were wearing their shoes. Take off your shoes, but, (laughs) but um. It was so much more fun than I expected it to be. Awesome. It was also cool. so much more of a workout than I expected right. it to oh, be. Oh yeah, you don't realize. Oh my god. Yep. But um, so now I know how to do like the Scottish polka and stuff, and it was it These was really fun. Conferences I want to be at. Learn about yeah, that. right. Learn about polka. What, dude? Like, it was so fun. And <laughs> one of the funny things polka was polka kills. Uh, it kills your legs. Yeah. Um, um, one of the guys that was on my team, um, I danced with him twice, but he was six, eight. <laughs> it was very interesting having to dance with someone that tall. Yeah. Bet, yeah. But at the same time, he knew what he was doing. So I barely had to do anything. Nice. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you so, gals have a lucky so, sometimes if you have I had a good to explain partner, yeah. to everyone that I had never done this before. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's think about this though. That is a perfect example and like picture of how a, a godly relationship should look like mm-hmm. is that the girls do have it lucky sometimes you're not wrong <laughs> godly man. you're not wrong so yeah so woman be on the look <laughs> christian women out there be on the lookout for godly I, men who's going who i thought you to. were still talking to carly and i was really confused no no it's a woman talking to our listeners yeah no I, <laughs> I, when I say woman, I meant women, like like women. Uh, isn't that weird? How how instead of changing the a to an e in our pronunciation, we just change the o to an i. Instead of saying woman, we say yeah. women. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Isn't that strange? That is strange. That's not English how is strange. English is stupid. Let's <laughs> all go back to Greek. I'm gonna start saying agape and stuff like that until it catches on. <laughs> Oh, no. yeah, and I got to, um, we had uh, electives on uh, Thursday during the week. Mm-hmm. And so we went and we got to choose our elective ahead of time. So there were like, uh, one of them was apologetics. One of them was um, Doug Wilson talking about Narnia. Um, <laughs> one of them was, because uh, he had written a book about Narnia. I don't remember what it's called. He wrote but, a book about a book? Yeah. but um, Finding Narnia. So he- I think, 
I think it's called What I Learned in Narnia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. about a fictional book. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and and there was one on Anglo-Saxon poetry, and there was one on um, uh, I can't remember the rest of them, but I went to one on economics because I was like, I know vaguely, like I know about apologetics. I've listened to stuff about apologetics. Right. I know a bit about poetry, maybe not Anglo-Saxon poetry, but um, <laughs> and and I was like, well, I'm gonna get to hear Doug Wilson speak later on in the week too, so I don't need to like take up a seat in that room but um but I was like I'm taking an AP economics course this year in a public school so maybe it's a good idea for me to get a Christian perspective on it first Um, and it was it was really cool um we had a lot of interesting discussions uh Dr. McIntosh was the one that was um doing the elective and it was like I three prefer hours Dr. Microsoft of- myself. Um but it was like a three hour long elective. We had breaks, but it was like a three hour slot of like just sitting and learning about economics from a Christian perspective. Yes. It was so that cool. sounds amazing. <laughs> um we talked about um I mean, he gave his definition of economics, which I can find, but, um, and we talked about like opportunity costs and we talked about inflation a little bit. We Mm -hmm. talked about, um, interest, like, is it wrong to charge people interest as a Christian? We talked about, um, oh, one of the, one of the things he said, which I want to read uh he talked about the broken window fallacy yes. which is that you can't you the can't break something <laughs> yeah which is that you can't break something and by fixing it be better off than you were before which i was like oh that's really interesting i've that's never thought just about that basically before. how america yeah economics. <laughs> yeah um um and he talked about the dominion mandate mm-hmm, in economics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which i was yeah. super happy about yeah um uh, he talked about, you know, when Jesus, um, when Jesus tells people to count the cost before they do something, um, he's like, Christians are required to count the cost, but there's nothing in this world that we have to give up that God isn't going to repay back more. Um, hmm. um, we talked about whether or not God was an economic actor, which was an interesting conversation, whether or not there was scarcity before the fall. Um Oh, oh, I would have wanted to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Oh, that's so the kind of that's the kind of stuff it that interests so me a lot. Yeah. Um and one of the things he said was the Bible makes us less wasteful. It's a tool mm-hmm. of dominion. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, that's good. We talked about private property. Um because <laughs> uh he was like, Well, the Bible assumes that private property is a thing, but why is it a thing and why are we property owners and we talked about stuff like that um we talked about money and like what is it why do we need it mm-hmm. um like what is it useful for it was sounds uh, like a pretty good so summary of all, oh, a bunch of cool so, stuff so <laughs> um yeah i mean that's i don't think i have anything else in my notes i could well, talk more about stuff but Oh, one of the things, just quickly, we got to, during one of our lunches, um, our team leader was like, 
you want to go to Cannon Press and get free soft serve? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> so we got to <laughs> nice. go in. We got to you got go to have the, the like little ice cream cones that everybody goes. has yeah. when they like eat, yep. like they take the interviews. Nice, yep. that's awesome. That's great. That's cool. That's really cool. So, so before we talk about why we're going to take a hiatus, mm-hmm. like just to kind of close up this conversation, if if we as Christians don't have a biblical perspective of eschatology and what our future should look like. And we have no motivation to do stuff like this. We have no mm-hmm. motivation to make changes that God will honor. Yeah. Even if, okay, let's say, let's say we try reforming America and as, as post-millennial biblical solid, like biblically solid Christians, gospel preaching Christians, and, and we, and like America collapses, right? And, and God brings judgment to America. And it seems like all of our culture change was all for naught. God is still going to honor that. And that's what we have to focus on. Um, and we know that God so loved the world, cosmos, not every person mm-hmm. on the planet, not anthropos. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We know that the redemption process is not just for the elect and only for the elect in terms of people, but also for the world. Because for God so loved the cosmos. Yeah. So when we're talking about these things, we know that a part of this process is to redeem the planet, mm-hmm. is to redeem the world system. And that's our goal in all of this is to not only make, make converts, but also make disciples and also be salt and light and change the culture and redeem it. And without these uh, types of, without, without that motivation that is there because of eschatology, there's no reason to have a biblical mindset about economics. There's no reason to homeschool your children. There's no reason to uh, do things like end abortion now. There's there's no reason for it because well the world is just going to get worse and worse and so let's just let's just leave it be. And and we can honestly be thankful to God that we have blessedly inconsistent millennials and blessedly inconsistent premillennials yeah. and dispensationalists that still want to change the culture even though. In all reality, they think it's pointless. We can be genuinely thankful to God for that because they still have the motivation to do what's right, even though that motivation isn't based in proper hermeneutics. It's what James White calls yeah. blessed inconsistencies. <laughs> yep. So so I guess I guess just especially for us going into the kids camp week is just, I mean, resting in the fact that Jesus Christ is king, that we're saved. Um, and that God is working out his perfect plan and nothing we do in terms of preaching the gospel and changing the culture by trying to change, you know, these kids lives and ministering to them is, is not worth it in any way. It's all going to count. It's all going to be worth it because Jesus Christ is King and his word will not, his word will not return void. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the mm-hmm. perfect segue to why we're taking hiatus as <laughs> Caleb and I are going to be going to kids camp next week. Um, a week long summer camp that our church puts on and we yep. teach a bunch of kids about Jesus and it's a good time. Yep. <laughs> um, and our mom is a director of that. Uh, the uh, Dad is the speaker for like the main speaker for basically everything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a good it's good stuff 
And every, every year we say, this is the best year of camp ever. And as a kid, I didn't get that until I became a Christian and realized stuff about sanctification. And mm-hmm. now that I'm post-millennial, yeah, <laughs> every, every year of kids camp is the best year ever because yep. things are better. I remember, I like, I think the first times that I can remember like feeling like having that like post mill optimism and I wasn't <laughs> post mill yet, like in, by any stretch of the imagination, I guess it was, I guess it was after dad preached about, uh, preterism, but none of us really understood like post mill yet. Exactly. Um, but I remember like standing outside of, um, uh, the like chapel or whatever, after like just like a great week of of awesome teaching and and pouring in these kids' lives and a bunch of counselors that really love Jesus and wanted to serve him and just feeling so like wow we got this like <laughs> like the like we're gonna make like my this generation of people like I have there's so many cool awesome people who are gonna like keep working for Christ and keep pushing for Christ and and keep building for Christ and it, I, I I remember like just it, i just connected those two things in my head because we were just talking about it but yeah like when you're at kids camp it's it's definitely a real outgrowth especially if you're post mill right like just this idea of wow this is really really important work because yeah. we're breathing into these mm-hmm. kids lives like teach trying to build a solid foundation for them um because these are a lot of these are kids that will not step in a church normally or whatever right like but we can influence them and and then like they are the generation not of tomorrow but like of today and so they're mm-hmm. that having that having a solid foundation for them is so important for for all the work yeah. we're trying to do for christ hitler has a better eschatology than most christians do yep well you know where he got it from christianity yeah the bible <laughs> uh-huh him and Karl marx they stole yep. it yeah because christians abandoned it yep that's true they didn't yeah. steal it it was just on the side of the road yep yeah. Anyway, no. Uh, it's funny though because last year, I while you were reading, he shall have dominion. I was having mm-hmm. the same thoughts of like, this is what heaven should be like. Like this is like the ideal like, like kids camp is like this is how things should be, like all the time. This is like the ideal church situation. Um, like this is this is how heaven should be is a bunch of Christians who are serving God and training up kids in righteousness. Um, and like, this is how I want my future to look is a bunch of Christians training up kids in righteousness and sending them out into the world, you know, and mm-hmm. just, just the unity from everybody. Like everything was just so great. So it's interesting that God kind of was, was working on both of us and as a proper eschatology while you were reading it and I was just looking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, so that's what we're going into for um, next week. So that's why we won't be here next week. So yeah, next week won't have it. But then that. week after that, we also won't because I'm going to be in Nashville Whoa. for BlimeyCon. <laughs> right. Yeah. So right after right. kids camp, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, actually before kids camp even ends, I'm going to leave a little bit early and <laughs> head down to Nashville and go visit some of my favorite people in Nashville and a bunch of people who are have are yet to be my favorite people, but I'm sure I will meet a lot of fun people. I mean, I already 
talk with a whole bunch of people on Twitter that are going to be there. And so it'll be really fun because there's a lot of cool people I interact with. Um, and a bunch of people who have even just said like, wow, Caleb, I can't wait to like see you at BlimeyCon and like hang out. And, stuff. <laughs> right. and so I'm, I'm really excited about that. There's some, a lot of really good Christian people are in the BlimeyCon community. And so it should be really fun to kind of get to know them a little bit better and hang out and have a fun time and go to the zoo and make animal puns. That's definitely on the agenda. Oh, it's no. going to happen. We're going to go to the Nashville Zoo. <gasps> That's so and, painful. And me and Emily to, are going to Snapchat to the whole thing. <laughs> yep, oh it's going to be great. It's going to be so good. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's it from us here at the Christian Artist. So we will not be back in the next two weeks, but I'm gonna make sure this week to get the episode that we recorded on Washington queued up to go next Monday. Um, and so that will be our episode for next week. So we will have we'll we will have an episode next week, but it will, it's pre-recorded. We fil- uh, filmed it in Washington. Um, but uh, yeah, so that will be up at least, and then we'll be back two weeks from no uh three weeks i guess from today (laughs) with a new episode of the christian artist and honestly it won't be too long after that that carly will be in wisconsin yeah and that'll be great (laughs) my best friends jared and jerica will be getting married and and life is just great life is looking up (laughs) and everything's fine unless someone dies tragically in the next month but so so real quick so if if uh our listeners have not followed thanos approves this message the facebook page, oh boy thanos approves this message what you should this time they literally just made a quiz that says is who said it intergalactic marvel supervillain or founder of planned parenthood oh perfect <laughs> who nice. said it margaret sanger or thanos think they're more that. similar than you'd think yeah yeah that would be fun anyway this has been the christian artist yeah, yeah. You can find us on creativity. What? No, that's not. We don't do that. <laughs> you just that's messed me out. up, man. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show and at our website at Christian Artist Show dot com. We will be back in three weeks and we'll have another episode for you next week. We don't really have any like uh Topics plans? No, absolutely Topics not. Topics planned? Or... <laughs> have you, have you read Before the Throne yet, Caleb? No, and so that's one of the things oh I'm going to be doing. I think I'm going to try to read that while... Maybe I'll try to read that while I'm at kids' camp. I'm not sure. <laughs> I usually... I, last week, I I read most of He Shall Have Dominion at kids' camp. Dang. So there's time to read, Um, usually at night when I should be sleeping, but... We'll see how that works. I, I, I'm planning. I mean, I have I have three weeks. Carly, by the next time we do an episode of The Christian Artist, I will have Before the Throne read. And so whether or not we do it that week or like next week or whatever, I'll make sure it's read by then. That, that's homework for cool. me. It'll be read. Because, yeah, I feel bad because we I got to hold a, you accountable. Yes. We, we got a free copy of it from, <laughs> from Alan Nelson the fourth. And I just want to make sure that we actually <laughs> we actually review it because that's why he gave us a free copy so we can review it. Yep. Alrighty. Well, all right. That's it. See you. So, guys, what happens when Andrew Clavin speaks at a podcast of a bunch of reformed teenagers? Speaks at a podcast of a bunch of reformed teenagers. Podcast. What Carly meant to say was a conference of reformed teenagers, but she didn't. <laughs>